Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard. As we conclude the sermon series titled, The Lord is Our Helper, today we're going to focus on the fact that as our helper, He rewards our waiting. This is the sixth presentation in this series. The scripture foundation for this sermon series has been Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. For God has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, underscore, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In a previous session in this series, we looked at patience in conjunction with one of those presentations. And in this final session, we're going to pull the magnifying glass a little closer and focus on waiting. We're going to focus on waiting and the rewards that come to us as we wait. I've discovered that waiting is very difficult for some of us to practice. It's difficult for many reasons, but one of the reasons is that we are living in what I call the microwave age. We want it, and we want it now. But there are tremendous benefits that will be a blessing to us if and when we learn to practice waiting, especially in the context of the Lord's desire and His ability to help us. You don't have to raise your hands, but in the beginning of this presentation, I want to ask you the same question that I've been asking myself for a number of weeks now. The question is this, do you want the Lord to be good unto you? Let me repeat that question. Do you want the Lord to be good unto you? I believe you do. In fact, I heard one amen. You want to know a way that this can be a continuing blessing and reality in your life and in my life? It's no secret. The truth that has blessed many down through the ages is recorded in the book of Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 25, a little book that is not read probably that often. Underscore. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. So the question is, the Lord is good to who? The Lord is good, the Bible says, unto them that wait for Him. So again, I ask the question, do you want the Lord to be good unto you? There's no secret. It's here. The Lord will be good to you, and the Lord will be good unto me as we wait for Him. 
I read a statement by Charles Stanley, a renowned Baptist pastor, some time ago that is very applicable in our study for today. Quote, our willingness to wait reveals the value we place on what we are waiting for. May I repeat that? If not for your benefit, for my benefit, our willingness to wait reveals the value we place on what we are waiting for. I believe with all of my mind and all of my heart that it would do each of us well to remember this statement often and to adopt the philosophy of David as expressed in Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Listen also in Psalm 33 and verse 20. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. We have been looking, this is the sixth presentation, that the Lord is our helper. And as you and I wait on the Lord, there are so many wonderful rewards that we can receive. And in this presentation, I want to share just three of them with you. And these three are not necessarily in the order of importance, but simply because something has to be first, something has to be second, and something has to be third. First of all, waiting brings serenity from God. Psalm 37 in verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. And underscore these three words, fret not thyself. My friends, when you and I wait on the Lord, we can overcome the tendency of fretting. Now, what does fret mean? When we usually think of fret, we think of anxiety. When we think of fret, we sometimes think of worry. When we think of fret, we think of being distressed or maybe being upset. But this word fret depicts some other alarming characteristics. I did a, a search on this word a number of years ago, and it was very interesting for me to discover that when the word fret was first used centuries ago, that it referred to the act of eating, especially when the eating was done by small animals. You may have heard someone say, for example, that moths were fretting their clothing. Uh, when I make that statement, I have the smell that immediately comes into my mind and heart. And it's the smell of going to my grandmother's. And the smell is that of mothballs. 
I remember that so vividly. And my grandmother, my granny, we call her, used those mothballs to hopefully keep the moths from eating the clothing. Fred also developed a figurative meaning to describe actions that erode or, or that eat away. A river is sometimes referred to as fretting away at its banks. That means that it's eating away, it's, it's eroding the banks. And fret can also be applied to some emotional experiences so that we can say that something is eating away at us. And we might say it's fretting the mind or fretting the heart. And so this word has come to mean over the years worry, being upset, being distressed, anxiety. So my question is, does God want us to fret? I do not believe that God wants you and God wants me to fret. I believe that every one of you will agree with me that there is very little peace in the world we live in. And there's very little quiet in the world we live in. Noise, strife, distractions, they are the order of the day. And one of the greatest injustices that we do to ourselves is not to allow ourselves to experience the benefits of seasons of just being quiet. Rebecca and I attended a seminary, Pentecostal seminary, called Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S, in Greenville, South Carolina. And every day, we were awakened at 6.15. And we were expected to spend that first hour in quietness. We were not allowed to speak to one another. We were not allowed to listen to radios, if we had them. There was to be no communication among ourselves. We were to spend that first hour in quietness. And that has made a tremendous impact on my life since then. And I attribute much of who I am today to those hours of quietness that we had in that seminary for those three years. You see, sadly, some of us fail to rest in the Lord and to wait for Him as we should. And when we fail to wait for the Lord, when we fail to be patient concerning Him, what it does, it leads to complications in our lives, and complicated lives often avoid a fun and void of true enjoyment. You and I must take time to be quiet before the Lord because God's Word admonishes us to do so. Listen to Psalm 46 and verse 11, uh, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. 
Now, there are two reasons in this verse that are expressed why you and I should be still, why you and I should rest in the Lord, why you and I should patiently wait for Him. Number one, you and I should wait for the Lord, be patient, so that we may know that He is God. Look at it again. Be still and know that I am God. Secondly, so that our relationship with our God can contribute to Him being exalted among the unbelievers. Look at it again. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Now follow me very closely. My brothers and sisters, when there is not serenity in our lives, when there is fretting in our living, it gives a distorted view to the world regarding the God we say we serve. You see, our testimony is affected by our waiting, our resting, our patience. Next, waiting not only brings serenity from God, waiting also brings strength from God. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But they that underscore wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, waiting brings strength from God. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now again, don't raise your hands, but is there anyone else here besides me who has ever felt weary? Don't raise your hands, but is there anyone else here besides me who has ever felt faint? What's the answer to these dilemmas? These dilemmas of being weary and, and fainting. Is there an answer? Absolutely. I want you to look at the context of this verse. Those of you that have come to know me know that I believe in looking at verses in the context. So I want you to notice the context of verse number 31. Because the answer to the question I just asked is clearly revealed. So let's back up to verses 28 and 29. Question, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, underscore, fainteth not? Underscore, neither is weary. There is no searching or numbering of his understanding. Underscore, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Who, oh, my friends, at times when we feel faint, the remedy is to allow our Lord, who does not faint, to be our strength. 
in times when we feel weary. The remedy is to allow our Lord, who does not grow weary, to be our strength. Now, to be sure, a part of life and a part of living involves being faint and weary at times. Look at verse number 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But, oh, my brothers and sisters, our God, our Lord, the Creator, can reward us with His strength. He can reward us with His help if we will wait upon Him. You see, it would do us well to inscribe clearly in our minds and deep into our hearts the message of Psalm 27 and verse 14. I want you to listen. As the psalmist advised on the basis of personal experience, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And as if someone were about to ask, well, David, why do we need to wait on the Lord? Listen to his response. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's exciting. That's so exciting to me. I think I'll say hallelujah about now. Hallelujah. If you and I will wait on the Lord, he will strengthen our heart. Finally, Waiting not only brings serenity and strength from God, but waiting also brings stability from God. Psalm 40 and verses 1 and 2. I wait patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and underscore, set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. What a portrait of stability. Now again, don't raise your hands. But is there anyone else here besides me who recognizes a need in your life for more stability? Do you recognize a need for more stability on our journey from earth to heaven? Have you ever felt as though you were in a deep, horrible pit and there was no way out of that pit? Whether you and I will admit it or not, it is possible, even as Christians, for us to lack stability in our walk with God. Sometimes we're up, and sometimes we are down. And when you and I get on this roller coaster of life and living, it hurts our influence and outreach for God is limited. So the question I'm asking is this. Why is stability from God that is ours as a reward of waiting, why is it so important? I want you to notice 
in verse number 3, one of the reasons declared. But before I read this verse, again, I want us to remember the context. And the context is waiting for the Lord and the reward of stability. Verse 3, and he, speaking of God, and he shall put a new song in my mouth. Now, what's the context? The context is waiting, right? And if you and I will wait on God, God says he will put a new song in our mouth. He continues, even praise unto our God. If you and I will wait on God, he will instill more praise into our lives and in our living. And then underscore this last phrase. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. What's the it? Oh, they will, they will see the new song and they will hear the new song and, and the praise, but the it is based on our waiting for the Lord. Will you agree with me that this is a marvelous reward? You see, when you and I wait patiently on the Lord, He will indeed give us a new song. When we wait on the Lord, He will indeed place praise in our mouths. But you and I must never forget, my friends, that when you and I wait on the Lord, He will enhance our influence and our testimony will be affected, and many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. We need a waiting people. And so again, I ask the question, will you agree with me that this is a marvelous reward? Some of you may be thinking about now, Pastor Dan, this all sounds good. And I really would like to fit into the waiting category, but I've tried to be patient so many times and was unsuccessful. Well, I personally can identify with you because waiting is not natural. May I repeat that? If not for you, for my benefit. Waiting is not natural. And that's why it's so very important that we anchor the message of hope found in Galatians 5 and verse 5 deep in our minds and in our hearts. Listen intently. Galatians 5 and verse 5. For we, you and me, for we through the Spirit Wait. Again, I say, my friends, that waiting is not natural. Let me read it again. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So what's that saying? It's saying that when we feel like we cannot wait because waiting is not natural, when we feel like waiting is impossible because waiting is not natural, look up. 
because Jesus sent unto you and he sent unto me God's sweet, precious Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that through the Spirit, you and I can wait when I can't do it in myself, when you can't do it in yourself. Through God's Holy Spirit, we can. And we can resound with lip and with life. The Lord is my helper. What is the ultimate reward of waiting? I've gone over three with you. They all started with S. But what's the ultimate reward? It also starts with an S. The second coming. Jesus is coming again. I don't know when, but Jesus is coming again. I've heard it all my life, and probably you have as well. Jesus is coming again, but he hasn't yet. But I'm going to keep on waiting. I'm going to keep on waiting. I'm going to keep on waiting. Because soon and very soon the trump of God's going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And it will be because waiting brought forth the reward. The reward of hearing Father God say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You see, the wait is going to be worth it all. <laughs> Amen and hallelujah. Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org, or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel, and on our website. Thank you for listening.